Welcome to the Innovate for Impact podcast. This podcast is for leaders in the social sector like you who want to make a difference. Each episode is packed with practical ideas on how you can be more innovative and create an even bigger social impact. We share our ideas on what you can do and also speak to leaders from the sector to share best practice. So let's get into it and let's talk impact. Welcome to the Innovate for Impact podcast. You've got Tracy Newman and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, Dan Bentley. And we're really excited today to be joined by Chris Kerrisk. So welcome, Chris. Thank you, Tracy. And thank you, Dean. Great to be here today. So just to kick off, I would like to acknowledge that I'm recording here in Adelaide and would like to acknowledge the Ghana as custodians of the Adelaide region and pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging. And I'm up in Sydney at the moment, so I'm on the lands of the Gadigal people of the Aura Nations, and I'd like to pay my respects to the elders past, present and emerging as well. And I'm from Sunshine Coast, so that's the Cubby Cubby country, and pay my respects to their leaders past, present and emerging also. Excellent. Thank you so much. So really happy to have you with us here today, Chris. So could you just start off by telling us a little bit more about who you are and what it is that you do? So well, thank you so much for the opportunity to join you both today. And I'm a co-founder of a digital technology business based in the Sunshine Coast out of Queensland. And our technology is all about removing the two biggest barriers that individuals with disability face when going out into the everyday community or sport and leisure or accessible tourism. And we're solving the two biggest barriers, particularly around a lack of publicly available information to make an informed decision before you go on holiday, everyday community participation, sport and leisure. But the most important thing that we're solving for is how two people interact with each other in the real world. So to make sure that experience of someone with disability, when they're out participating with customer service teams are being treated inclusively, equally, and not getting that inadvertent discrimination that so often happens in our society. Yeah, as I said before, I've I've followed your story on LinkedIn for quite some time and I often have those really heartwarming moments reading some of the stories of the people who use your services. So that's always, you know, adds a nice sort of pep to my step. But if you could just sort of start off by telling us a little bit more about how you came up with this technology solution, like where did that start? Yes, certainly. So uh, Surge is uh, my wife's idea, Victoria Kerrisk and fellow co-founder of Surge. And the original concept actually had nothing to do with disability at all. Surge being a digital concierge service is all about trying to provide that VIP rock star type of emotion or feeling when you go to, particularly the idea was for five star, six star uh, resorts or going you know, in Melbourne at the time, up Paris end of Collins Street to the Louis Vuitton or the Gucci shops. So that instead of standing in line that you would be you know, called to the front, met on a first name basis, you'd get the champagne on arrival versus when you're checking out. And it was all about that sort of luxury end of the market was the original idea. And my wife, Victoria, a level of frustration, which is every time going to you know, shop after shop after shop, even if you're a loyalty member, whilst the staff were polite and friendly, uh, it was very much still anonymous, which was, hi, how may I help you today? In contrast, when you jump online, it's, well, welcome back, Victoria. We know exactly your size and your shapes and what you like because you've visited our website before. But if you go in the real world, it was, it was always anonymous, even if you're a loyalty member. 
and having to repeat yourself over again to establish that relationship where you as the customer are educating the service staff member about you so that you can then start getting the service. In some instances, uh, it can be quite repetitive and frustrating. So that was the original concept behind Search. And uh, we relocated back from Melbourne back to my home state of Queensland and, and uh, really started getting stuck into building the technology. And then just like everyone else experienced, COVID hit. And uh, at that time, we had a minimum viable product or a beta product version of Search to start showcasing potential business owners. And the feedback was pretty consistent and pretty unanimous, particularly around two of our initial and now key clients being uh, Belgravia Leisure and White's IGA was, look, that sounds all well and good, Chris and Victoria, but we'd much prefer to use that technology for our customers with disability. So at the time, my perspective was no lived experience, neurotypical, able-bodied, no idea about disability. And so we had to very much go back to the drawing board, which is, well, why would someone with disability want to use our app? In what context in which businesses would there be a value proposition? What's the size of the disability community? And commercially, would that make any sense to pivot our business? And after a short amount of research online, we were absolutely gobsmacked about the challenges that society has put in front of the disability community, about how ignorant I had been about the disability community and to then realise that their simple bit of technology that we've built for the entitled end of the the market, I suppose, that same piece of technology could be life-changing for one in five people, 4.4 million Australians, 1.8 billion people globally, and to then realise and find that the, the greatest level of discrimination that customers with disability face is from service and hospitality staff was just mind-blowing. And, and to realise that our little app, which could be a nice to have for you know, a well-to-do, well-healed person uh, versus life-changing, was very much, okay, clearly there's only one option. Surge is now an app or a technology for people with disability. And I guess that the thing that's absolutely fascinating after now being at it for four years uh, is to realise, whilst I originally thought I had no lived experience of disability, turns out that 75% of my own household have disability. Uh, so my wife, her, Victoria, PTSD, uh, generalised anxiety disorder, where the, basically is where the ideas come from as a result of those uh, particular disability. Uh, my son's colourblind and my, my daughter has a slight learning disability. Uh, and so it's through this remarkable journey uh, that we've actually realised that Serge's true purpose was always as a technology for the disability community. I love the idea that you've actually had that feedback from organisations initially. Like it just goes to show that there's a real genuine desire to do better and also a really in-depth understanding from a whole range of organisations that they need to do better but not really sure how. So great that you were kind of able to really fill that important gap. What are some of the things that that Serge actually does that makes it this sort of life-changing technology for people? Well, the life-changing element of Surge is, um, let's start think of Surge, uh, particularly the companion app, as having your own personal disability advocate in your pocket. So one of the challenges that is a barrier to social participation, sport, leisure or accessible tourism is that unknown that when you go somewhere and you're meeting someone for the first time, 
are they going to treat you equally or are they going to ignore you and speak to your carer or support worker? Or if I'm a mother with children uh, with an intellectual disability or autism, are they going to constantly be judging me for my parental skills when I do absolutely everything that I can to look after my children and to put the right frameworks about them to make sure they're included? And it's that fear of how am I going to be treated in the real world based on past traumas and experiences, real world experiences, and that creates a anxiety, a barrier to, to community participation, sport or leisure or accessible tourism. So as a personal disability advocate in your own pocket, as opposed to you having to disclose your disability or your anxieties and always having to repeat yourself over and over again, every time you're a customer, whether that's at a grocery store, aquatic centre, a restaurant, cafe, bowling alley, cinema, hairdresser, pharmacy, you're always repeating that same type of statement, which is, this is what you need to know about me so that you can treat me inclusively. So as a personal disability advocate in your pocket, instead of you having to go through that anxiety-ridden moment in the real world, is Surge is able to communicate ahead of time to the venue that you're arriving at by downloading the app free of charge, putting in your customer service preferences and what our community uh, instructed us to create when we pivoted, which is my must know, my advocacy statement. An example could be I'm nonverbal, I'm neurotypical. When I arrive, talk to me because I'm your customer. Do not ignore me. It may be that I'm a parent with autistic or intellectually dis disabled children. Please don't judge me as a parent and please don't speak condescendingly to my children. Treat us all equally. They, that might be your advocacy statement that you have as an individual. And by pressing a single button within the Surge app, your profile with your advocacy statement goes through to the participating venue's point of sale or tablet or smart uh, phone wherever we need to get it to so that the right person at that venue will understand exactly how to look after you because you've told them or you've got Surge to tell them you, you're, as your digital concierge on your behalf. So when you arrive, you're not having to go through that awkward moment. The staff already have your back because they are empathetic and compassionate because they know exactly how to look after you or support you. Which is true hospitality, isn't it? It's it's about recognising that you're welcoming an individual and all individuals have different needs, but this is actually meaning that you can easily understand what those needs are. So it's the kind of information that a lot of organisations are really interested in because they do want to be able to provide that service that people want. I mean, especially, you know, for things like tourism or sport and leisure like we all understand the value of those things but to not have it be accessible for everybody is just simply not good enough so you've really just facilitated what we all want to happen being able to happen exactly a little tagline uh, throwaway for surge is you know we're an icebreaker and relationship maker and the intent is in an ideal world surge shouldn't exist right so in a totally inclusive world, the idea of having to have an additional step to make sure that you're treated inclusively shouldn't exist. Unfortunately, we don't live in that world. And so the intent is to be able to transition the relationship from 
surge directly to between the individual and the venue or the business. So if you if you are in tourism or if you're a pharmacy or if you're um, in sport and leisure, is that in time that the staff will have that exact relationship with the individual so that they've got the trust that when I arrive, I already know, you know Jeff who works at uh, the Aquatic Centre already knows me by name, by sight. So when I, when I arrive, it's already a fantastic relationship because we've known each other now for, for days, weeks, months or years. Uh, but it's that initial developing that relationship to ensure that it's successful, that it's inclusive, to then break down those barriers that disability stigma has created uh, and though that psychosocial disability about participation and is to constantly break that down so that more people have more confidence to get out and participate. Great. Thank you. So you did mention before about your community and I'd love to hear a little bit more about that because you've been able to really build a, a solid community behind the work that you're doing. So, A great question, Tracy. So that obviously at the time uh, we were saying that uh, no lived experience of disability and as a 43-year-old bloke at the time, I would say that I was completely ignorant of disability and something that caused an interesting journey of self-reflection as we went through a pivot to move past that. So there's a great statement within the disability community, which is nothing about us without us. Surge absolutely loves that statement. And so it would be naive for us to go and just build Surge with no direct input. So we knew straight away the first thing we needed to do was develop a community of people with varying types of uh, lived experience across every disability category to give us as much input, feedback, buy-in as possible. And so we've developed an online Facebook community for Surge uh, it's currently 1,200 members strong of individuals across varying degrees or lived experience of disability. And it's a fantastic uh, group that keeps Surge honest and keeps Surge grounded and makes sure that we are moving in the direction that the disability community wants. I love the frank nature of the conversations that we have when uh, we start going down a path and they're fantastically, perhaps a little brutally honest with us at times, which is a remarkably healthy thing to have. And we're privileged to be able to work with all of our members and take their input, take their guidance, and also put forward our suggestions from our perspective of where we think things should go and get them to have a robust debate. We might be asking poll questions. We might be asking people to, to use the app or trial various different parts of the technology. And we're always having robust debates about various topics. For example, the, the Disability Commission that's obviously topical at the moment. Um, you know, that we have our own internal conversations so that I'm not going to say that in any way, shape or form, I represent or I am a disability advocate. The intent is that Surge is an individual's disability advocate and that we position Surge as the most powerful tool to help anyone amplify their own voice or increase their confidence to participate. And so if we can take all those learnings and that net, that community that we've created to position Surge as the strongest disability advocate that an individual can bring into their own life, that, that's success. That sounds so good, Chris. I love the sound of that. And 1,200 people is a pretty impressive number as well. How did you get that many people involved into this community? Well, I've got a do a shout out to an absolutely fantastic individual 
Kate Lamarca, who works with us, who is our head of community. And, and Kate is an absolute rock star when it comes to building communities, mobilising communities, and she's like us. So, you know, the Surge is a heart-led business. We wear a heart on our sleeve, and it's all about transparency. It's all about trust. It's all about integrity. Uh, we knew that uh, the disability community has seen it all before, they've heard it all before, and they've been taken advantage of many times before, and we needed to prove slowly, steadily, that surge is different. So that we have, uh, wherever the disability community said, you have to do it this way, we will do it that way. And then I guess through word of mouth and a small success built upon another little success, and listening, and I guess one of, the, one of the things is when they said don't like the app do it behaving this way, we would change it as quickly as possible to demonstrate that we listened and not just pay lip service. An example, when we first had our first version of the app, just as a, a, a slight aside or an intersection, I suppose, so you could put in your gender preference, which was at the time male or female. Clearly, that's not good enough, and our community told us so. When we had the minimum viable product, my focus was on the concept of sharing profiles to a venue versus the actual sign-up process, always knowing that we'd come back and fix up aspects of the technology, but it was the core proposition that we're after. But the community was very, very clear, saying, no, no, your first experience is not aligned to being inclusive. If, if that's you're only putting two options in and you're making it mandatory, this is not acceptable. So we very quickly made it. Uh, so that it's not a mandatory feature to put in put in uh, transgender and also other and multiple selections. So the surge doesn't care. That's not the intent. It's whatever an individual's, however they want to identify or showcase or label or not label, we're a free communication platform to allow an individual to communicate how they see fit. So uh, being able to quickly demonstrate change technology so it's aligned to what they were saying just helps that little bit of trust to build, to build, to build. Yeah, I think that's it, isn't it? Like there's no, there's no shortcut. It's just about actually demonstrating that you're listening people very quickly lose enthusiasm in speaking if they don't feel heard. <laughs> and the best way to do that is through action rather than, you know, thanks so much for your input. I'm just going to keep going in the direction I was going because that's, you know, where my focus is at the moment. Exactly. One of the things that I probably love the most about our community is when they disagree with each other and, and having a respectful conversation where it's okay to disagree and have everyone has their own opinion. Uh, and, but to sit back and, I guess, whilst facilitating the conversation, taking notes and learning and understanding as many different viewpoints just on one simple topic uh, is absolutely fascinating because everyone's got their own lived experience of disability on each topic. And what looking at all those viewpoints every time we have one, a specific conversation is so educational, is so insightful, and I guess it's almost somewhat addictive to try and understand as many different uh, viewpoints as possible so that we can then make sure that Surge is developed to try as best as possible to handle such, such a vast array of lived experiences. Want to improve your co-design skills and confidence? Join Tracy Newman, the co-host of this podcast and Head of Impact at Impactor Consulting for the Co-Design for Impact training program. In this training, you'll explore co-design from start to finish, learning how to understand diverse stakeholder needs and create innovative solutions, 
You'll also get access to the co-design workbook with essential worksheets and connect with like-minded individuals from the social sector. Act fast because this popular course fills up quickly. Secure your spot now by clicking the link in this episode's show notes or visiting impactoconsulting.com.au forward slash co-design for impact. Remember, co-design for impact is one word with no hyphens. Don't miss this chance to enhance your co-design skills. What have you heard from some of the users of this app? Like what sort of a difference has it it made in people's lives having this personal concierge in your pocket? Okay, well, there's a long list of things that we've learned and constantly amazed about. I guess let's let's go with two examples. The first one that was uh, probably three to five years ahead of our expectation of uh, delivering outcomes for individuals uh, where where some people, not all, some uh, have found that they are able to go into the community, whether it's grocery shopping or to an aquatic centre as an example, but not requiring to take the support, a support worker or a, a carer with them for that particular activity. Obviously, this is not relevant for all disability and all levels of impairment. However, that meant for that individual, the reason why they were able to do that because they had the confidence that the staff at the participating venue cared about disability and would treat them inclusively and so they were confident enough to go shopping for the first time in, say, five years by themselves, which meant that that's an increase in confidence or participation or, or you know, outcomes is, is an improvement in outcomes but at the same time putting a reduction in the budgetary pressures that they have on their NDIS budget. So obviously that's not going to replace everything and that's not the intent, but it's to give choice and flexibility and to see that as a, an outcome at such an early stage in our business evolution is absolutely amazing. But they'll probably a really cool one is just absolutely mind-blowing that we had no idea would happen at all uh, is one that happened la- late last week and we, we shared this morning, actually, uh, is a, a lady that visited the Nambour Aquatic Centre. And uh, despite all of the amazing tools that we've delivered with, through our companion website and the companion app and the staff being remarkably inclusive and empathetic and supportive, the thing that happened is while this lady was at the Nambour Aquatic Centre, her children, both with uh, ASD, uh, one had a little bit of a meltdown and the other one was a little bit of a runner, so hard to keep track of or, or pinpointing where, where her son's gone, is that through the leadership of the uh, staff at that venue, because the staff knew uh, the la- this lady's situation, so they had her back before she even arrived, and to then know that that event that she was most fearful of started to unfold, they knew what was happening. They could see it happening. And so they had that natural empathy to step forward and lead uh, and support the mother with her children. And what then happened, which was really interesting, is that all of the other patrons followed suit or followed along with the leadership provided by the venue so that you could actually say that it was a village was providing the inclusion in this instance. And so to have the fellow patrons also becoming inclusive and compassionate through this mother's particular challenge on this day, we had no idea that that was going to happen. And to see that inclusion can be somewhat infectious or contagious and to think that that's a possibility is just remarkable. 
Yeah, I'm going to actually read out part of what you shared on LinkedIn because I, I'm even getting emotional talking about it um, because it. I think anybody who is a parent or anybody who has, you know, responsibilities for other people or whatever has those experiences that don't go well and, and you do start to question whether or not you're doing a good job regardless of you know, the circumstances around you, but there's always that ability to relate. And what she said was in the past, we would leave with hysterical kids and I would cry in the car, wondering if I'll ever leave the house again. Not today. Today, I had a team. Today, I was part of a village. I was a person trying to get through something hard with extra help and support. Today, I didn't feel like a loser being judged as a failure. I like that just, you know, because <laughs> I think we've all had those moments where things don't go according to plan and you do feel like you are being judged as a loser and that you are a failure. And to be able to rally together as a community, like that's humanity at its best really, isn't it? And to be able to play a part in that occurring, that's why we all get out of bed in the morning, right? Yeah, look, there's a number of the testimonies or stories of inclusion is what we call them, uh, and they're, they're very, very deliberate because how many mums or dads have had that same type of experience but have chosen to not participate mm. because they've had those experiences or because they're fearful that they're going to feel like a loser or that they're being judged because of the stigma around disability. So... To be able to tell that story so that others in the same situation can have more confidence to say, hey, this is actually, this is normal. This is an experience that happens to many people and here is a solution for it. And to see this story and to read these stories, to break down those stigmas of disability, to give others the confidence to know that other people are experiencing the same thing that they are and it's okay is a remarkably powerful way of trying to break down the stigma of disability through t storytelling, uh, which is what we try our utmost to do. And again, importantly, this is not me saying it, and it's not Serge saying it. This is everyday people sharing what their past traumas or experiences have been like around their lived experience of disability, but don't leave it on a negative flat note. When Surge is certainly not a business about vilifying and trying to tear businesses down when they haven't got it right. It's all about demonstrating and showcasing positive outcomes, life-changing moments. So in those stories, you will see what the past experience was like, how that's impacted my life, and here is a solution. And wow, it actually wasn't that hard. It was a little bit of tech combined with a team who are compassionate and empathetic and the outcome is life-changing and it's kind of really simple. Now, one thing that we think is just remarkable and takes a long time for people to, to get it, but I'd love to try and explain the point around Surge. So Surge obviously is a technology business, but Surge works best when there is no technology present. And by that, I mean what the moment in time that we're disrupting as a technology business is when two people are interacting face-to-face -face in the real world. And at that point in time, there is no technology. So in that situation when mum was at the aquatic centre and she was having a, a challenge with her kids and the staff were supporting and then the patrons also then supported her, there wasn't any technology anywhere. 
the Serge does his job the best when beforehand, just before that relationship, that in-person relationship happens. So that individual has uses, used the companion app or companion website to, sh- to know about a venue or share their prof- uh, profile uh, with that participating venue and technology does its thing. Staff at the other end read, understand their arriving customers' personal preferences and needs. And that's the end. That should be the end of where Surge then steps out of the relationship so that two people interacting in the real world can have a better relationship where there is no technology because the customer has, got, has confidence that the service provider or the service uh, guest experience team knows what I want them to know. And importantly, the guest experience team have got so much confidence, they're actually going to get it right. They're not going to guess, oh, it's an invisible disability, which one? And how does that impact you today or uh, physical disability? Do you want me to help or do you not want me to help? Okay, I've got to ask, but you might not want me to ask. So to give the staff that confidence to know exactly how to look after the arriving customer because the customer told them, so there's no more guesswork, that means that when two people are in uh, that first moment, the first time they meet in the real world where technology is not present, that experience is going to be inclusive and it's going to be a warm welcome and it's going to be life-changing for the customer and it's going to be a confidence-inspiring outcome for the service or the guest experience team and no technology was present at the most important time, which is when two people are interacting in the real world. Yeah, so it's a, it's a technology that actually works best without technology. <laughs> Correct. It, it's, a, it's a little bit random, uh, the way of explaining it, but, but you've got to be specific about it. it's that moment in time. It's those five seconds. It's those five seconds when you first walk in or uh, arrive at a venue, that moment, that's what we're disrupting, and we're disrupting so that it's inclusive, it's compassionate, there's a warm welcome, and it's just good. Yeah, I love that it's really just facilitating independence and, you know, giving people opportunity to do things that they want to do in the way that they want to do them. So it's really just a facilitation rather than anything else. So Exactly. Great. So really exciting to hear where you are so far. What do you see? I know you mentioned that in, a, in an ideal world, surge wouldn't exist, but there's obviously <laughs> some pathways between sort of where you are now and, and non-existence. What's next? Uh, so uh, we're very fortunate. We've been around for four years. So the first three years certainly were a challenge to survive through as from a business perspective. Uh, and but the last twelve months, and probably the last three to four months in particular, have uh, become very exciting for the growth trajectory of where we're going as as an organisation. Uh, we are in every state in Australia, and very soon to be uh, international by launching into New Zealand, thanks to our key client, uh, key partner, innovation partner in Belgravia Leisure and Belgravia Foundation. We also have a substantial interest coming out of the Queensland government in particular around the year of accessible tourism. We were successful in getting a grant fund in partnership with Spinal Life Australia to launch an access accelerator program to do what we do, but at scale for whole communities or for whole tourism destinations. And so I guess the reason why I bring those things up is Compared to where we were at the start when we first started transitioning uh, 
for it to become a, a companion technology for people with disability is it was hard to have those conversations where business would take you seriously or government would take you seriously because it wasn't one of society's big priorities. NDIS was only just a recent thing at that point in time, a few years old, uh, and sort of society had said, okay, well, the NDIS is going to sort that out. Well, no, it's not. NDIS is going to sort out, it's going to help support you know, the, the investment and the monetary support so that an individual has the choice in that context of their life. But that's not solving the societal inclusion of how two people are communicating and, and treating each other in the real world. And we're probably noticing, particularly in the last three to six months, society has said, hang on, we need to do better on how we treat people with disability. And actually the way we talk, the way we include, it's not just about ramps, it's not just about having funding for more support workers, it's actually everybody, the way we include. And society seems to have really cottoned onto that. Um, I think consumers generally are very becoming more sophisticated around sustainability and inclusion and having all enterprise and governments demonstrate what they do in both those two key areas. So I think as a result of that, that the amount of interest that not just Surge, but other players in the disability space or disability sports space would be appreciating as well, there's a lot of interest and there's a lot of interest to finally get it right. And certainly Queensland with the Olympics, Paralympics 2032, I think it's fair to say that they've lit the fuse on, on the, uh, the the switch to make a massive impact and leave a legacy for inclusion. And we can, we can genuinely feel that change. Brilliant. So if people are thinking, wow, you know, I, I want to get on board, I want to I be part of this, what are the best ways for them to do that? I know Serge is active on LinkedIn, so we can pop a link to that in the show notes, but what about the companion app and website? Well, thank you for the question. So the uh, if a business or a council or a regional tourism organisation enterprise would like to uh, have Surge adopted into their operations, please reach out to me directly. I'm happy if you put my email address or chris at surge.app, you know, the co-founder's first name followed by your domain name is pretty easy to guess. That's that's how you get to me. And if you want to have a chat about adopting Surge or just inquiring about, well, how would this work at my venue, my facility, happy to have that conversation. Obviously, there's all the information on our website to learn more, but I'm all about relationships. So I always offer that, that conversation, have a chat. And if an individual wants to become part of the Surge community, there is, a, if you go to Facebook and Surge Surge community, and that's C-E-R-G-E community, uh, then you'll you'll find find the site. So there's uh, 1,200 people involved there and uh, we'll let you into that private group, which is just a slow burn conversation about all things access and inclusion and what we can do better with a particular angle on customer service and a particular angle on how our technology can be better applied to meet those challenges that people experience daily. Brilliant. Thank you so much. It's been such a, an inspiring and heartwarming conversation. So thank you for sharing so generously, Chris. It's been lovely to talk to you. And I'm, I'm really excited that as a community, we are getting to that point where inclusion is becoming much more prevalent and that sort of raised awareness in people's minds as well. And look, Tracy, Dan, thank you for the opportunity to, again, amplify the message that Surge has, which is all around uh, customer service, 
a bit of technology, a bit of empathy to create inclusive communities. So uh, thank you for the opportunity to amplify the message that our community has and obviously the opportunity to speak to you directly. Great. Thank you. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Innovate for Impact podcast. Any links to what we spoke about today will be posted in the show notes. If you'd like to know more about social innovation, visit our website where we have a heap of tools to help you on your way. Visit impactoconsulting.com.au. Thanks for listening. Now go out there and make an impact.